the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. TC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Sometime today, Attorney General William Barr is expected to release a summary of key findings. Liberty Council's Matt Stover, Matt Staver, says that the report falls short of its stated purpose. It was, as we look back, obviously politically motivated and was a huge waste of time because the original goal never was achieved because there was nothing there to really investigate. Democratic lawmakers renewing their calls for getting the entire report as well as evidence gathered by investigators. Accompanied by tugboats, the Viking Sky cruise ship has limped into the Norwegian port of Molde Day after issuing a mayday call in a storm that led to a hurrying helicopter rescues of half of its passengers. Viking Sky carried 1,373 passengers and crew when it had engine trouble Saturday afternoon. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt says the media is already playing favorites. Reuters discovered a, uh, a very long story about Beto O'Rourke as a kid. He wrote some really weird stuff, friends. He wrote some murder uh, fantasy stuff about killing children. That seems to me mighty weird. If this was a Republican, the campaign would be over. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Good afternoon, Patriot listeners of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Just past 2 o'clock. Hope everybody is having a lovely Sunday today. Announcing how you could not uh, with a high of 52 degrees today for your forecast and mostly cloudy skies. We're having a lovely day out there. And the March Mayhem sale is going on right now for only 2500 bucks. That gets you connected with up to 50000 of your best prospects. Just go to am1280thepatriot.com to learn more. And this deal is going quickly, so you're going to want to jump on this today. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM Twelve Eighty Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast, we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And congratulations to Mark from St. Louis Park. Mark is the winner of our book, Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. And if you'd like to uh, win a, have a chance to win a copy of the book, hey, we're not giving them away today, but there is an opportunity if you go to am1280thepatriot.com right now, click on Fan Club, join the Fan Club. It doesn't cost anything to join it, but what you will get is uh, exclusive updates to Patriot events that are taking place and an opportunity to win our Book of the Month. And again, uh, for the month of March, which only has a week remaining, the book of the month is Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War by Wilfred, Wilfred Riley. And uh, by the way, Mr. Riley is going to be on with us at 2.30 to promote this book, talk a little bit about it. And I think I mentioned before, the amazing coincidence is this book was released right around the time where the Jesse Smollett uh, story was coming to light and really getting blown up. And then later it was realized, yeah, that in and of itself was a hoax. So... Uh, I, I'm going to ask if um, if perhaps uh, 
Wilfred uh, Riley. Uh, by the way, kudos to uh, Board Op Jason. He kind of suggests this. Maybe you should uh, kind of write an updated book, or maybe what'd you say? Have an epilogue or something along those yeah, lines? Yeah, do an epilogue. Yeah. Or- yeah, do an epilogue, just like the entire Jesse Smollett chapter or something like that. Because when, when was the book released? Literally like a couple weeks or a month before it actually came out? I, I'll have to or clarify that, but it seemed, yeah, it seemed within the past couple of months this book was released, which again, when the Smollett right. incident was really uh, coming to light. So yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. And he, he's probably, I know he's, I know if you go to Wilfred Riley, he's got a Facebook page. He has weighed in on it. Right. So he could just write a whole book. On Jesse Smollett. I'm sure a lot of people have already gotten publisher money for that kind of stuff, so I'm not, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, that's something we'll definitely broach with him, no question about it. I know that uh, he's he's definitely talked about it. But, uh, yeah, and again, Mr. Riley will be on at 2.30. But before we get to his guest appearance, obviously, we won't do want to uh, weigh in on some more uh, issues from this past week. Uh, I was writing about this at bradcarlson.org, and I, as... Time has gone on here. I have been hard-pressed to think of an industry that's more smug or self-congratulatory than the entertainment industry, particularly Hollywood. I mean, you see it with their their uh, award shows, particularly the Screen Actors Guild Awards or the Golden Globes Awards, where they basically slobber, all each, overall, slobber over each other and pat each other on the back and Wow, what a great industry we are! Uh, we're, you know, well, there's woke industry where we're, you know, uh, more progressive uh, than the nation as a whole, and we're setting the standard and everything else. And and by putting out these these movies, and uh, of course now all of these movies have to be more diverse. I mean, the superhero has to, you know, check off at least a couple of boxes of the intersectionality scorecard. You know, let's see, uh, gay check, minority check. But, you know, I mean, it just that that's what it is. That's what they've become. Uh, So when I say I've been hard pressed to find a more smug, self-congratulatory industry, well, the media is certainly seeming to try to uh, catch up to them. Uh, This is from uh, Madeline Osborne at The Federalist. This past week, uh, the Walter Cronkite Award for Excellence in Television Political Journalism was awarded to CNN on Tuesday for their 2018 Parkland Town Hall. It pitted the National Rifle Association spokeswoman Dana Lash against the now-fired Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel in front of an arena of Parkland residents soon after a horrific school shooting in town. The USC Annenberg Norman Lear Center's jury judging the awards called the town home town hall in which crowds booed and shouted murderer at participants a compelling and powerful forum that helped advance the national conversation on gun control and violence now a couple things i take issue with number one national conversation wouldn't a conversation imply that you have multiple participants with differing viewpoints that are giving equal opportunity to speak Now they're going to say, well, Dana Lash was up there and she got as much opportunity to speak as Sheriff Scott Israel. Well, yeah, but she was shouted down on every turn. And she was shouted down when inconvenient facts were pointed out, like specifically how actual gun violence had been cut in half over 20 years, despite the proliferation of guns. Okay, despite the fact gun ownership has gone up significantly over the past couple of decades, gun violence has been cut in half. And of course, the gun control crowd will come back with, well, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation or whatever, just because there's more guns that has nothing to do with lessening gun violence. Yeah, but the point is, is that gun violence has decreased, however it's happened. And, you know, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg does a does a fantastic job with this on a regular basis, pointing out statistically how schools are actually safer today than they've ever been. But yet, if you listen to the gun control crowd, the gun grabbers, and those at uh, Moms Want Act, <coughs> uh, Moms Demand Action, or, you know, protect, and scare quotes, protect Minnesota, you would think that uh, schools are the okay corral. Okay? So my point is, is that, a conversation would imply that both sides get to speak equally and un- unobstructed. And secondly, uh, what am I trying to say here? Secondly, 
this town hall that took place literally a week after the shooting had taken place. The horrific shooting took place Valentine's Day uh, 2018. Now, the audience was filled predominantly with students from the school. I've always wondered this. And again, I don't want to I don't know that it's appropriate to relitigate the whole shooting in of itself, but because the award is being given to the Parkland Town Hall, you know, I I almost feel like you're exploiting the kids. Because is that the best thing for kids to do is to go to a town hall where they can throw their anger at someone, i.e. NRA spokeswoman Dana Lash, who had nothing to do with the shooting, or Senator Marco Rubio, because he accepts some contributions from the National Rifle Association, that somehow he was complicit in this shooting. I mean, one of the infamous moments was uh, Cameron Caskey, high school student, basically went up to Marco Rubio and said he felt, because Rubio accepts NRA donations, he felt like he was looking down the barrel of an AR-15 or or that he basically looked at Rubio as the shooter himself. Okay? Is that really a good position to be putting kids in? Now, I bring up Cameron Caskey, and I think, and if I'm going to put, invoke his name, I think it's important to, to point out that he has since left the organization, the March for Our Lives organization, the big youth gun-grabbing organization. He has since left them because he kind of took a step back and said, you know what? I don't know that having a conversation about less gun violence includes demonizing our enemies. I, I, I probably think that's not the best way to go about this. And you know what? Kudos to the young man. What's he, 17 or 18 years old? I, I wish I had that kind of foresight at 17. I, seriously, I wish I had that kind of foresight at 17 or 18 to kind of take a step back and say, or, you know, a, an upstanding adult got in my ear and I could take a step back and say, yeah, you know, you're right. That's This is probably not the best way to go about this. Because if we're going to solve this problem, demonizing our opponents isn't the way to go about it. Now, his buddy, David Boss Hogg, who is still kind of the uh, getting notoriety for impugning gun owners and impugning those who take the character of those accepting uh, money from uh, the NRA. Okay, he hasn't learned that lesson yet. And he may, may not. Who Who's to say? Now, I'm not here to tell you that Cameron Caskey has seen the light and has since become a strong Second Amendment advocate. That that I don't, I don't think we can say that. But I do think that he was able to see the light. But you know what? Some kids weren't able to. Some kids weren't able to ever get through this. There, there was just a story this past week of a young lady. Um, I'm going to find her name. That uh, was a survivor uh, of this uh, shooting. She was a student at Marjorie Stoneman uh, Douglas High School. At um, and I, I can't find her name. I I, I did uh, mention her name. Young lady that uh, eventually. Uh, Yeah, sorry, I can't find it. Anyways, I'll, I'll maybe find it in the break. But a young lady who went on to college and never got over the PTSD of being in a classroom because she was in a classroom when the shooting took place. And she ended up taking her own life uh, this past week. Awful story, sad story. So my point in bringing this up is I don't know that it's appropriate to laud this particular town hall because all it did was serve to put these students in the audience just a week after this tragedy had happened. Now, where, the, where, where were the parents in this situation? Did, did the parents think this was a good idea? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it occur to the parents, you know what? My child has been through a horrific tr- uh, event. Thankfully, they survived, but the memories, okay, the mental scars may never fully dissipate. We need to get them some sort of counseling mental health checkup, whatever, because kids today are bombarded with more stuff than ever before. And then to heap upon that a tragedy like what happened at their high school, and yet we're going to laud that by giving an award to CNN for having that town hall? Uh, you know, again, I, I I, just didn't feel like it was an, it was very appropriate. Now, again, if the parents felt that their kid was okay to go ahead and participate, far be it for me to tell a mom and dad how to parent their kid. That would be inappropriate for me to do that. I'm not going to do that. But I'm just asking questions here. Did they think about that? Did they think about the further uh, issues that that could possibly cause by continuing to talk about the shooting in that context? And 
Sheriff Scott Israel, who basically was throwing Dana Lash and her organization, the NRA, under the bus, the, the gall that he had to throw the NRA under the bus after it was ascertained that the armed resource officer from his department on site at the school didn't even go in and engage the shooter. Why didn't he? That's his very job, right? Well, it turns out maybe some of these armed resource officers put forth by the county weren't given adequate training. And his department was also slow to respond as well. And he knew all this, yet he had the gall to throw the NRA under the bus. And he was presented with facts by Dana Lass saying, you know, the shooter, and I'm not going to mention the shooter's name because we have a policy on this show. We're not giving any notoriety to any shooter, mass shooter. But Dana Lash pointed out, you know, the shooter, um, you know, there were several warnings that this shooter was saying some uneven things and making threats. And there were several calls made that were never followed up upon. Does your department have any any complicity in that? And, of course, he just brushed it off because the NRA is a perfect scapegoat. And, of course, he had how many thousands of un, uh, of, uh, of uh, willing accomplices in the audience. But, again, the fact that the Cronkite Award celebrates something like this despicable sham town hall just kind of tells you where the media is at, is that they're, they're willing to self-congratulate each other even if they really don't deserve it. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Nard Show, hashtag NARN Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back in mere moments. Americans for Prosperity is getting past the headlines and diving into the details on the policies that affect you. There's a lot of work to be done to make our state a better place to live, work, and raise a family. Americans for Prosperity is committed to providing you with a full story on policies that help improve people's lives. Tune in to Americans for Prosperity Radio every Saturday at 4 p.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot to learn how you can help remove barriers to opportunity for all Minnesotans. There are many signs of spring. The first robin, buds on trees, and standard heating and air conditioning offering great deals on air conditioners. So take advantage of standard spring is in the air sale, and you can get a new air conditioner for just $2,890 installed when you buy a premium furnace by March 31st. You know you can't predict Minnesota weather in March, but this year it won't matter if it's a blizzard or a heat wave. Probably both because you'll be prepared for anything with years of reliable energy-saving comfort. And you'll get a great deal, too. So celebrate spring with a new AC for under $2,900 with your purchase of a premium furnace from Standard, the name you and your neighbors have trusted for over 88 years. But don't wait, because much like spring, Standard Spring is in the Air sale won't last long. Find out more at standardheating.com patriot. That's standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Comfort you deserve. Have you tried digital marketing but don't know if it's getting you customers? Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is working and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Don't be fooled by the left and the fake news media. The election of Donald Trump has not ushered in a new era of radical hatred in our country. In his brand new book, Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War, African-American professor Wilfred Riley studies hundreds of reported hate crimes that are actually hoaxes. Go to am1280thepatriot.com and click on Fan Club to register to win a copy of this explosive new book.
Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Closing out this week's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM fourteen forty, the Businessman. It's the King Banyan Show, Saturdays nine to eleven a.m. And my friend and colleague Mitch Bergen, he's very airwaves, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. He is the headliner edition. He's on Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. I am the closer, closing out weekends, Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Okay, I wanted to clarify, there was a young lady, uh, I thought her first name was Allison, uh, her last name is Aiello, so that's how I got that goofed up. Uh, a young lady by the name of Sydney Aiello, who was a senior at Stoneman Douglas High School last year when the shooting took place. Uh, she took her own life this past week. She was a college student. And now we are hearing a second Parkland shooting survivor has died by suicide. Uh, again, this is from the Daily Mail, citing a Miami, Miami Herald story uh, that a former... Uh, high MSD student died in apparent suicide Saturday night. The student's name has not been released, but Coral Springs police spokesman Tyler Reich said it was a sophomore boy. Uh, the police in- investigation is ongoing. Uh, the boy's death again comes less than a week after his classmate, 19-year-old Sydney Aiello, uh, took her own life last Sunday. Uh, awful, awful, awful. Um, uh, just no way uh, that uh, this one kind of took me back a little bit. I apologize, folks. I just heard I'm just hearing about this literally right now. Well, because it took place last evening and the story is just still relatively brand new and obviously breaking. So awful stuff, awful stuff. And, you know, this is this is the kind of thing that we need to remember <clears throat> when uh, something like this happens is we're all too quick to politicize and point fingers at, at everyone else. And I'm guilty of it, too, although I will say I come, you know, those of us who are um, strong Second Amendment advocates and believe in legal gun ownership, we're we're the ones who are often attacked by this. You know, that if we own a gun, we're made to feel like uh, we were complicit in these spree killings. And, 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 I, and I will push back at every turn, okay, because I, I'm not complicit in this, if I were a gun owner, which— which I'm not because guns terrify me, you know. Uh, you know, I, I it wasn't as tragic as Mitch Berg, who lost all of his guns at the bottom of Mille Lacs Lake during a horrible boating accident. It was unfortunate. Um, but anyways, I don't. Sorry, I don't mean to make light of that. But my point is, I'm going to push back if you know because me being a strong Second Amendment advocate, as well as my fellow Second Amendment advocates, we're not responsible for these shootings. And what we often forget are those that are left behind. The survivors. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of people who are mourning the loss of their loved ones in these shootings. But how about those that survived it? Those that didn't even really know their fellow students that well that were killed, but yet obviously are deeply emotionally impacted by this. We can't leave those behind, folks behind. And so that's why I emphasized in the first segment, I didn't really think the town hall was a great idea because how is that moving on? How is that helping kids moving on by continuing to pick at their raw wound? <clears throat> it isn't really. So... Uh, awful story. So two young people within a week took their own lives and PTSD was cited in the case of 19-year-old Sidney Aiello and the one with the sophomore uh, at, at uh, Stoneman Douglas High School, that one's still being investigated as well. So uh, terrible news, terrible news. Uh, I did want to get to one quick story before we get to our guest in the 2.30 segment. Uh, one of the more pervasive chanting points coming from the never Trump Republicans. And yeah, there are still Republicans who are calling themselves never Trump. Okay. Basically they're, they're, they're the equivalent of the resistance. That's what they are. Uh, but one of the more pervasive chanting points from these people is how president Trump's proverbial bull in a China shop approach to his administration is a, in the, their favorite phrase is a destruction of norms. I mean, a president doesn't do things like this. A president doesn't, get caught up in petty disputes like criticizing a war hero in John McCain uh, 
seven months after he's passed away or sit there and obsess over Saturday Night Live skewering him or maybe questioning if a media organization should have its license pulled because they're not reporting stories fairly. And you know what? I agree with that. I wish the president wouldn't tweet incendiary things toward private citizens. Okay? But again, like Ben Shapiro always says, tweets are not policy. Are they are they helpful in our discourse? No, they're not. But they're not, it's not like they're policy. It's not like he's trying to implement policy proposals with these tweets. But they're not helpful. I, I do agree with that. But when we talk about the this chanting point, the destruction of norms, you know, the Tom Nichols, Bill Crystals, and Charlie Sykes of the world who call themselves Republicans, they vow to not cast another vote for a, any Republican candidate, Never, much less Trump, but any Republican candidate, until the party rids itself of Trump. And someone like Nichols, he even goes so far as to say he'll faithfully vote Democrat to ensure the GOP's thorough destruction, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because if you give the Democrats the absolute power they crave, i.e. the presidency and full control of Congress, and maybe even a veto-proof majority in the Senate, because we saw what happened in Barack Obama's first term. When Barack Obama was president, he had a significant majority in the House and then a veto-proof majority in the Senate, and that gave him that small window of time to pass Obamacare and implement it, and we've seen what an unmitigated disaster that has been, and it's been a point of no return. Okay, there was an opportunity at a skinny repeal a little less than two years ago, but Senator McCain was ended up torpedoing that, and that's part of President Trump's ire towards him is how he didn't vote for the skinny repeal, which we don't need to go down that road either. But I don't understand how... So basically what, the, what these people, these never-Trump Republicans are proposing is putting these Democrats in office. Well, then you run the risk of a point of no return where you implement some sort of socialist agenda, some sort of bureaucratic nightmare that's impossible to untie, and it'll make Obamacare look like a walk in the park. And Philip Klein wrote a great piece about this uh, particular thing and basically saying that, well, Democrats, they talk about destruction of norms and those who are complicit in putting Democrats in power, but they want to basically assure the thorough destruction of the GOP by destroying other norms? That doesn't make sense. And again, this is from Philip Klein's piece of the Washington Examiner. Even putting aside the radical policies they are proposing, Democrats want to make structural changes to the American system of government to benefit their own political agenda. Just this week, leading 2020 Democratic candidates, Senators Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, and Kamala Harris of California said they would be opening to expanding the Supreme Court so they can pack it with liberal judges. Asked about this idea, their rival, Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, said he was opening to exploring all options for changing the Supreme Court, including imposing term limits. South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg who has been generating a lot of attention for his long-shot presidential bid, has touted a plan to expand the Supreme Court to 15, with five Republican appointees, five Democratic appointees, and the remaining five to be appointed by unanimous vote of the 10 judges, an idea also floated by former Representative Beto O'Rourke of Texas. Liberal activist and former Hillary Clinton aide Brian Fallon tweeted, There is no longer any debate about whether Democrats must reform the Supreme Court. The only discussion is about the how. Term limits are a good step, but we also must expand the court's size. There were two ways the Democrats could have reacted to Trump. One would have been to campaign on restoring norms, strengthening institutions, and returning to a more stable form of politics. The other was to use Trumpism as an excuse to embrace radicalism and tear down the institutions that they don't like. It's becoming increasingly clear in which direction they're heading. And that's spot on. Because you have leftists decrying, you know, separation of children from their families at the Mexican border. But it rings hollow when abortion up to nine months is becoming a mainstream Democrat position. And then there are also Democrats and never Trump Republicans. They're accusing Trump of embracing white white supremacist viewpoints. Well, that's stunningly hypocritical when now anti-Semitism within Democrat ranks is not being punished in any meaningful way. Like just last night, Ilhan Omar was given a speech somewhere, I don't remember exactly where, there were some pro-Israel ad- 
advocates protesting outside there, and she's basically dismissing them, saying, ah, I don't really care what they think. So your apology on your anti-Semitic tweets is pretty much ringing hollow when you're basically saying the very people you offended, you don't care what they think. So I can certainly understand people on the political right being hesitant to vote for Trump's re-election. Uh, however, it requires quite the mental gymnastics to vote for today's Democrats. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. If it seems a little time is needed. Get up first thing, smoke a cigarette. Before lunch, after lunch. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm kind of feeling like I've lost about four hours of every day. I decided I needed to find an alternative. So I started looking and then Juul came up. I did both for a while. It eventually I just switched over and it's very quick. Mimi made the switch July 2015. Make the switch at JUUL.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. So proud to be associated with the Mike Murphy team with EXP Realty. And with us is Sharon Murphy. So great to have you here, Sharon. Well, thanks, Lee. We're excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. So tell us, what makes EXP Realty so different? Well, EXP is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many other real estate agents. Who can blame them? We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you'll speak to me or my husband, Mike, not an inexperienced team member. That's great. So how do we get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. So if you're thinking of selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty, 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. Millions plan for retirement online, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, and manage your benefits all from the comfort of your home. And give yourself the freedom to do what you want offline. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere. Allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back, Game 12 of the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And folks, if you become a member of the uh, AM 1280 The Patriot Fan Club today, you have an opportunity to win a copy of our uh, February, or excuse me, March Book of the Month, March Book of the Month entitled Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War by author Wilfred Riley. And uh, fortuitous that we have uh, Mr. Riley on the broadcast today to talk about uh, this very book and uh, obviously uh, some uh, rather timely considering some of the big news stories, particularly surrounding actor Jesse Smollett and everything that is uh, surrounding that particular incident. And at this time, we are honored to be joined on the Northern Alliance Writing Network by the aforementioned Wilfred Riley. Uh, Mr. Riley, welcome to the broadcast today, sir. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm good. I'm even better now that I hear that my book is your book of the month. I didn't know that coming on. But yeah, I'm a 
I'm in a good place. Fantastic. Well, we uh, we definitely do uh, appreciate your time today, sir. I know this uh, uh, book that had come out recently within the past uh, month or so and kind of alluded to in my introduction, uh, how timely was this? This came out right around when the uh, Jesse Smollett uh, incident kind of started to, uh, I mean, it's only alleged at this point, but evidence certainly seems to support that it's uh, uh, very much uh, in line with what you've written about your book, Mr. Riley. Well, yeah, that was an unexpected uh, coincidence. You never want to cheer for another man's misfortune, but of I will course. say um, my back. Yeah, but I'm going to put a caveat there. I mean, my background before going into academia was sales. I was a sales director for M. Evans in Chicago. And I mean, it was an unbelievable coincidence that probably the biggest hate crime hoax in the past uh, five years occurred and was exposed two days before the book dropped. So wow. I'm uh, that was a pretty good thing for me. I'm also from Chicago, interestingly enough. Okay. So I literally, I literally had people calling me and saying, "Did you arrange that?" and making <laughs> jokes about it. But um, it, it didn't hurt sales, definitely, and I think it also illustrated more seriously a real problem. Sure. So, Jussie Smollett is nothing new. I mean, I obviously started writing the book uh, about a year and a half ago, and what we see is that over the past really four, five, six years. Most of the high-profile, widely reported recent quote-unquote hate crimes, whether you're talking about Covington Catholic just a week before uh, Mm -hmm. Mr. Smollett, where the claim was that these prep school athletes had surrounded a Native American Indian elder, they had chanted, build the wall, they tried to take a sacred drum of his tribe, Mm -hmm. Uh, that turned out to be false, Yasmin Saweed, the hijab ripping, Uh, Eastern Michigan graffiti targeting black students. Air Force Academy, where, if you recall, a general had to appear on campus and speak against racism. Uh, Grand Rapids, the young black woman pre-college that claimed that boorish white men literally urinated on her. Uh, Kean College, Wisconsin Parkside with the nooses across the campus. Uh, Duke Lacrosse, kind of the OG example of this trend. The University of Virginia where the claim was that the fraternities were running anti-feminist rape rings. All of these claims turned out to be false. And once they turned out to be false, they, to some extent, disappeared from the news. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's been going on for a while. And I became curious about this. I mean, you don't normally see a, say, 40, 50 percent rate of false reporting in what's called a major criminal category. So I started investigating and I ended up writing a book. So obviously when uh, President Trump during his campaign and then ultimately when he was elected and subsequently inaugurated, uh, one of the reputations that we, that he had been hit with was that, you know, he was this uh, racist. He was embracing white supremacy. And, of course, the uh, incident in Charlottesville, for in many people's eyes, kind of crystallized his uh, racist tendencies. And yet a lot of these hoaxes that you alluded to, or a good number of them, have taken place while he is president. And I guess... The, net, the question that I have is, like, why would you feel the need to gin up these hoaxes if we have a president that is openly as racist as you say? I mean, wouldn't just these incidents just naturally occur because of this destructive environment that he's creating, uh, Wilfred Riley? Well, I, th- I think the way you asked that question uh, is great in terms of kind of logical construction there. So, first of all, there has not been, as far as I can measure, a quote-unquote Trump surge in hate crimes. Mm. Uh, One of the things that you'll frequently hear is, well, hate crimes increased by 17 percent over the past two years. Uh, I worked with law enforcement, spoke to them extensively while I was writing this book. And the reason for that is that there's, there's been a back and forth for years between local police and the feds, as you probably know, over what information has to go into the feds D.C. clearinghouse from local police departments. And in starting in 2016, about 1,200 more police departments started reporting hate crime statistics, which are a pain in the butt to keep track of, than had previously been the case. So the entire surge, as far as I have been able to tell, is caused by these additional departments doing their reporting and turning in their paperwork. So the claim that Trump has greatly increased racial tensions, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. Um, By most measures, racial tensions in the USA reached their peak uh, during 2014-15 under Mr. Obama, when you saw Black Lives Matter, the Ferguson riots, the Baltimore riots, legitimately white and black individuals fighting in the streets. Uh, I don't think we've reached that point again. So that, that to me, isn't true. That's not really a narrative that's supported. Uh, in terms of why people do this, which is your broader question, I think there are two sets of motivations. 
Uh, people in general commit crimes for kind of petty personal reasons. So money, you see insurance money a lot in hate hoax cases, uh, perhaps sex, perhaps local notoriety. So there's nothing unusual about those motivators. I think that the reason these cases become such big national news, however, gets into something very interesting. And that's that we have an entire industry in the USA that's almost designed to support victimization. So entire sectors of American society, and I, I'm pretty politically centrist, but I think this is fairly obvious. I mean, affirmative action, minority set-asides, the huge budget to these activist groups. I mean, the Southern Poverty Law Center is working with an annualized endowment of about $450 million. All of that depends on this idea that we are at war, that there's a lot of tension, a lot of ethnic clashes, religious clashes in the USA. That's not really true. So when evidence does appear of this incredibly rare thing that's supposed to be everywhere, it's seized on incredibly much. And that's why we see all these stories in the media. Uh, white individuals attack African-Americans. Sometimes blacks attack whites. That's a tiny percentage of crime, but promoting it benefits certain people and it benefits them financially. Along those lines, and I'm glad you brought that up, Dr. Riley, is the fact that uh, uh, the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center, which uh, seems to dole out uh, uh, a lot of uh, right-of-center groups as being a hate group, uh, there was a, a story in The New Yorker, and I, and I was saying this past week, if you lose The New Yorker and you're a progressive organization, that's really doing something. Uh, the Reckoning of Morris Dees and the Southern Poverty Law Center, and basically it just outlines in there what you just uh, emphasized is the fact that there's a lot of money in keeping racial divides very much alive, uh, Dr. Riley. There sure is. There, there's a massive grievance industry. I mean, that, that includes the old line civil rights groups like SPLC. I actually think the NAACP still does some useful work in the business center, sector, but certainly uh, what's Al Sharpton, uh, National Action Network, Jesse Jackson, Rainbow Coalition. So you've got all that. Then you have newer groups like Black Lives Matter, uh, recently reached half a million social media followers on their main page. Antifa, more accurately known as Black Bloc, Occupy. You've got the large fringe groups like the Nation of Islam, which has 50,000 members and an accredited university. So all of these groups, to some extent, depend for their existence. And you could go beyond race to care. Our Council for American Islamic Relations, closely allied with, for example, Ilhan Omar in Congress. Uh, National Organization for Women. But the bread and butter for all these groups is that the old wars never ended. Mm -hmm. And if the old wars, in fact, ended, you have to dig up racism somewhere. I mean, in our society today, uh, the latest statistics I saw, 15% of whites uh, marry someone of a completely different race, about 30% different religion, if you're talking about Catholic, Protestant, Jewish. Uh, For Asians, the figure is 57%. So there's just not a lot of epidemic conflict. But if your entire budget is based on the idea that there is, I mean, you're going to find some if you're any kind of business person. And, yeah, I did uh, did read the uh, Morris Dees article. To some extent, I found it funny. Um, Okay. The Southern... This, and I, I don't... Again, you know, you want to cheer for the misfortune of Mr. Dees. But the Southern Poverty Law Center for years has presented itself as kind of this nonpartisan entity right that's out there and snopes and the fact checking services all of which lean far left do this too by the way but this nonpartisan entity that assigns hate group labels to individuals and it's recently been emerging that that is not accurate i mean to some extent the group seems to be a cynical money racket um the quilliam foundation which is a moderate center-right muslim group uh, sued the Southern Poverty Law Center for $3 million after being declared a hate group right? because they said that radical Islam was dangerous, right. and they won. Yes. Yeah, they, um, Majid Nawaz, Mr. Nawaz, just got a check for $3,015,000. Wow. And I'll fa- I think Family Research Council, a lot of these completely mainstream groups that have been declared bigots. Uh, Jordan Peterson, recently you saw a YouTube deplatformed him, SPLC, at least analyze whether he was a hate monger. These are just mainstream people. These are people on the bestseller list. If you look at some of Family Research Council's authors, you look at uh, Jordan Peterson. So people have started pointing out, like, this is ridiculous. And when you saw Morris Dees get into some, you know, personal, ethical, and legal troubles, I think that story for the first time in a while made some national front pages. To kind of circle back, uh, Dr. Riley, uh, and, uh, I was talking with uh, my producer, kind of a, a, a pre-show meeting. Is there any chance that uh, you'll be re-releasing this book with kind of a uh, epilogue or maybe a special chapter uh, dedicated to the Jesse Smollett uh, case? Because uh, like we alluded to, it just kind of fit the, the template of what you were laying out in your book here. Well, I think I might dedicate the paperback edition to him. Okay. I mean, he hasn't. 
he hasn't done any harm for my uh, my prospects as a writer. I will say that. Right. Uh, in reality, uh, other than adding the case itself, I don't see a dramatic revision of the book because this is so common. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one trend that I am keeping an eye on is the increase in backlash hate hoaxes now from the alt-right. I think that actually is uh, a phenomenon that's going to include multiple cases, where if you tell people over and over and over that identity as something other than an American is very important, I think eventually you're going to see working class whites accepting that idea just as many minorities have. So I I do think you're seeing more of those. That's the final chapter of the book. But um, I tend to think that identity politics of any variety is bad, so hopefully both sides can be persuaded to tamp that down. But just the Jussie Smollett case itself is almost nothing unusual. I mean, there are, I have a data set of 516 of these hate hoaxes, and it's concentrated in the past five years. Mm. So major high profile, remember, I can only look at those cases ethically. They're published nationally. Sure. So, uh, I mean, that's maybe 500 a year. Over five years, you've got 500 fakes. Major high profile hate crime cases seem to often, if not mostly, be fake. So Smollett is not something new. He's not a groundbreaker. Just another example of that. I found Covington Catholic more disturbing, actually. Once again, we've been joined by uh, Dr. Wilfred Riley promoting his book, Hate Crime Hoax, How the Left is Selling a Fake Race War. Uh, Dr. Riley, we only have about 30 seconds or so to go. Uh, I imagine people can find this book at uh, your usual outlets, Amazon, your local bookstores, that sort of thing. Yeah, we've uh, we've been able to close some pretty large. Uh, Amazon's best place to get it. It's also in Target. It's apparently going into Walmart. So this is a book that has the uh, the opportunity to sell pretty widely. And I mean, obviously, thank you and your station for uh, helping promote it and for having me on. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Riley, again, congratulations on the success of this book, and I appreciate you documenting these uh, cases because the information definitely needs to get out there. That is for certain. And uh, appreciate your time today, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM1280, The Patriot. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, EVRcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. On April 5th, don't miss The Best of Enemies, starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Anne Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. All the better if you don't get in my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a Bible. And then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies, based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters April 5th. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. 
How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we were going to take this last segment to kind of talk about uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller uh, wrapping up his nearly two-year investigation into the Russians and their involvement in hacking the 2016 election. And, of course, as more things came to light, there was question as whether the Trump campaign colluded with Russia in an effort to try to help Trump win the presidency in 2016, which he did. Uh, but the, conclu- the collusion, uh, it was speculated whether that was part of it or not. And as uh, we were go as uh, we were wrapping up our conversation with uh, Dr. Wilfred Riley on his book Hate Crime Hoax, it had come down that uh, Attorney General William Barr had released a summary letter of the Mueller report. Uh, Jason, is there any chance we can get this uh, Fox News feed up over the air right now? It looks like Ed Henry is talking. Political anchor, mm-hmm. because Brett, I think the obstruction part of this is rather remarkable because they're saying that the special counsel did not draw a conclusion one way or the other, presented the evidence to the attorney general, uh, but basically uh, left it up to the attorney general, uh, does not conclude that the president committed a crime, the special counsel, but did not exonerate him, but that after reviewing it, it sounds like Attorney General Barr and Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein do not believe, Brett, that this constituted obstruction of justice. Your thoughts? First of all, let's just pause. This is stunning. Mm -hmm. After 675 days, after a country has been through obsession, really, of this case and nonstop coverage, this is the conclusion that no American conspired or worked with Russia to alter the 2016 election. Amazing. That the president and his campaign did not have any ties to that action. Think about all the things Mm. that have been said and speculated and talked about. Um, This is a moment that is a complete win for President Trump. To your point about obstruction, yes, they list a a series, according to the Attorney General, of things that uh, they question about obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. But as Attorney General Barr has written before, uh, for obstruction of justice to be a crime, there has to be an underlying crime, misdeed, that leads to it. They are saying that that was not found, and thereby, as the executive, the commander-in-chief, he is not produce he is not uh, falling under the guidelines of obstruction of justice moving that forward i'm sure there will be democrats on capitol hill that say they want to see the specifics and they want to go down that road mm-hmm. but the attorney general and the deputy attorney general are making that decision uh, in this report it is stunning these Absolutely. sentences here that are completely uh saying like a complete that and the total Trump vindication and the president yeah it's a, a vindication a total vindication for a president of what he says who in the said, beginning 231 times, Danny, he said <laughs> no collusion or tweeted it. 231 mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. This is the 232 know, comes from the special counsel. <laughs> and so that's the one that's important, counsel, course, yeah. He never leaked. He didn't do any showboating. There was no political posturing from Robert Mueller. He was called all sorts of names, as you'll recall, mm-hmm. from people who, um, you know, from the president to, to others, saying, oh, that, you know, he's just hired a bunch of Democrats. They're just going to come after it. This is the witch hunt. Um, and Mueller never reacted to that. And in the end, you get something where you had Democrats so worried that, that Bob Mueller was going to be fired by the president. Yeah. Never, never did, fired. Didn't he was happen. allowed to investigate. And then it turns out There's that you have this man who has a stellar reputation, yeah. finishes a report that everyone should be able to, to agree was done with the utmost of integrity. And here we have it. So, th- yes, we should all pause for a second. And what also... This is good. This is great news for America <laughs> that Russia tries to do this and no Americans participate. That is absolutely okay. We'll take that down. Take that down. It's a win for yeah. Okay. So that that Dana Perino was the uh, was a woman talking on there. Dana Perino, along with White House correspondent Ed Henry of Fox News, and then Brett Baer, of course, as well. Yeah, this is great news for America. But the leftists don't see it that way. They were so seething rage toward the president. 
that they could not, they can't, they probably aren't able to look past the fact that there is no collusion with Russia to throw the 2016 election, that they don't look at this as good news. But it is good news for the country. This is what Democrats constantly do, particularly far left Democrats. They put themselves in a position that what's good for America is what's bad for them. So we only got about a couple of minutes. Uh, I did send Jason a clip. By the way, uh, the uh, special counsel, uh, in case you missed it, uh, uh, A.G. Barr, in his summary letter, said the special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Uh, We got kind of a minute clip. I dare you not to bob your head during this kind of hip-hop montage of media and politicians talking about Russia collusion. Uh, Jason, if we have that ready, here we go. Some sort of collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, metal collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, potentially collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, collusion. Trump, Russian, Russian collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Russian, Russian collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, possible collusion. Trump, Russian, collusion. Collusion with the Russians. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russia, possible collusion. Trump, Russia, potential collusion. Trump, Russia, potential collusion. And the Kremlin and be in collusion with Putin. And the Kremlin and be in collusion. And Putin and the Kremlin and be in collusion. Seventeen agencies. Seventeen of our intelligence agencies have confirmed our intelligence Seventeen intelligence. The special counsel's investigation did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with Russia in its efforts to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. That's from Attorney General William Barr in his letter to Congress on the report from special counsel Robert Mueller. So there you have it. And a couple things. Very quickly, number one, you knew there probably wasn't a big nothing burger there when the report was released on a Friday evening, Friday evening news dump in the middle of March Madness. And secondly, Nancy Pelosi a couple of weeks ago saying, yeah, we're not going to impeach him. He's just not worth it. Think she kind of knew something? Yeah, I have a feeling she probably did. Ladies and gentlemen, I've enjoyed it as always. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time. All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this. You can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago, with great sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot. And it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while that I... I just had to discontinue use, but that's not the problem with relief factor. So that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen, now you don't have to with relief factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try because pain is pretty awful. Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. On April 5th, don't miss The Best of Enemies, starring Academy Award nominee Taraji P. Henson. I play Ann Atwater, a civil rights activist who was able to approach hate with love. And Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell. All the better if you don't get in my way. Well, I'm going to get in your way. If you change one heart, you can change the world. I have a Bible. And then you ought to know, same God made you, made me. The Best of Enemies, based on the untold true story. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters April 5th. Does your family believe in the power of a private school education? Are you looking into sending your child to a private school next year? Hi, I'm Alyssa with The Patriot, and we want to help your family by covering half of your child's first year of private school. This is a program we have had for over eight years now, helping many families get into the school of their dreams. We are in the thick of open house season right now, so the timing couldn't be better. If you find a school you would like your child to attend, Call me at 651-289-4406 to see if that school is one of our partner schools. It's that simple. This isn't financial aid. This is for everyone. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. 
call me at 651-289-4406. That's 651-289-4406. Or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Would you invest $29 to make sure that your basement doesn't flood? Well, of course you would. Call Benjamin Franklin Plumbing for their $29 sump pump safety check. They'll put your pump through rigorous testing to make sure it will stand up to Mother Nature. They can also install a pump with a fail-safe battery backup in case of power failure. Call Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber. If there's any delay, it's you they pay. The $29 sump pump safety check ends soon. Call 877-BEN-1776. If there's any AM 1280, The Patriot is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.